Greetings, welcome, happy Friday, so glad you're here today. Okay, so the week that was, we look back on the week's hottest shows, the day that is, many things on the go here today. Okay, so on a Friday, this is where we turn the phones over to you, texting, social media, but I prefer the sound of your voice. Absolutely anything on your mind today, let's talk. With the greatest of respect, I would disagree with the construction put on the Don Walker case by the Crown Prosecutor. Don Walker, where can we list what we knew? Six-figure income, Chief Operating Officer, FSIN, Queen's Law Grant, federal liberal candidate. She called herself Don Dumont when she ran uh, a few years ago in the federal election, but she's known as Don Walker Dumont. A comedian, humorist, author, writer, newspaper columnist in the Star Phoenix. Uh, Don Walker lives one of the more privileged lives you and I would know. Apparently had a very acrimonious child dispute that had churned on and on and on through the family courts. And she did not have sole custody of her child. And you can often, and again, it's nobody's business, but you know, go into the family courts and find out why judges do that. So then, in what is a planned, deliberate, months-long initiative, she fakes her death. Or her abduction, you can kind of construe it either or. Leaves her big, fancy F-150 Ford truck parked near a riverbank park, and then down, and you've seen the pictures from the police files, the broken fishing rod, the clothing, everything there as if somehow she and the child she's with are swept away. Or were they abducted? It was a horrific, there was a vigil set up. And the always present racialized pressure in Saskatchewan, reconciliation is ongoing, but there's a real flashpoint oftentimes on race. So the RCMP bring in their whole mobile command center. The Saskatoon Police Service brings theirs. There's fifth wheels, there's motorhomes, there's helicopters, there's side-by-sides, there's quads. Day and night, there's river rescue units, there's scuba divers. And you better keep searching for Dawn, you white colonialist police powers. And it went on and on. And you just, and then even families of missing and murdered young women were, you know, showing up at these vigils. It was horrific. I was over there one night and I'm talking to a little guy and he might be eight or nine and he's standing there and he said, uh, they're looking for my auntie. I think she's dead. And I'm going, geez, I'm thinking this is not something a little child should have to deal with. And I thought, oh, boy. And that was so 12 days, this ordeal, this fraudulent act of contrivance went on. Now, some sharp-eyed cop, and this is where you really have a lot of faith in policing, just looked at the way the stuff was configured on the riverbank, probably read some of the family court cases, which have been legendary in Don Walker's case. He says, you know, I'm thinking something's not right here. So then a separate unit, and you remember we talked to the investigating detective in Saskatoon at the time, they went down a road and all of a sudden found there had been forged documents, fake passport, uh, tens of thousands of dollars she was transferring from certain accounts, um, a whole new identity. Twelve days later, they find her in Oregon City, Oregon. So... It was all faked. 
Now, her litigation strategy, and she has Marie Hannon uh, as counsel, and you're not going to find a more aggressive, <laughs> better defense lawyer than Marie Hannon. Now, Marie Hannon's a damn good lawyer and very aggressive, but it doesn't make her correct either. But so Dawn Hannon, um, Marie Hannon was able to forge some kind of agreement with the Crown. And when all was said and done, the Crown uh, came to this conclusion that a fit sentence was one year. Now, the Crown prosecutor said one year in jail to be served in the community. And this shows the Saskatchewan courts take very seriously. How seriously do you take a one-year suspended sentence where you stay home? You've got a curfew from 11 p.m. till 6 a.m. No contact with the child's father. For God's sake, keep Don Walker away from the child's father. And no unsupervised contact with her child. For God's sake, she shouldn't be around that child. So those last two are no-brainers. So this is the courts taking seriously by giving her a jail it's not a jail sentence. It's a sentence in the community where she will live at home and work. I just, I'm astonished by this. You know, you do read the, the, the purposes of sentencing in Canada. And you might know that years ago we did away with punishment. And as much as you want to punish somebody, you can't. But the principles are pretty clear. Denunciation of unlawful conduct. And the harm done to the victims or the community caused by that unlawful conduct. Denunciation. Deterrence of this offender and other persons in the community from committing offenses. So those are the two big ones. Rehabilitation. Reparations for harm done to victims or the community to separate offenders from society where necessary, and to promote a sense of responsibility in offenders to acknowledge the harms to victims. So these are all things in the Criminal Code 718 that deals with purposes of sentencing. So you don't just send someone to jail because you're mad at them. You want to punish them. And I'm not even suggesting... It, it, I, I, you could make the argument, like clearly Marie Hennon pushed and bowled over the crown on this thing, uh, that you, know, you shouldn't send her to jail. Oh, okay. So if you don't send her to jail, um, then what would you do? Well, how about a really weird concept? Maybe called restitution. You know, in the agreed statement of facts, um, over $100,000 in costs, rescue, search, police, fire, helicopters, Overtime, hauling police mobile command centers all over Hell's Half Acre. That was a lot more than $100,000. And Don Walker's absolved of any responsibility for that? I just, I thought this was deplorable, very frankly. Um, so here's Marie Hennon at her very best. Marie Hennon, H-E-N-A-I-N, and I'm counsel for Ms. Walker. Tell us, what was the... Well, I'm not going to discuss uh, the case. I think we've said everything that we want to say. So I'm not going to discuss the case, but I'm going to stand up here and then ask me this question. How do you feel about the sentence today? 
Well, maybe that's a, the wrong question to be asking me. I, I think the question here that we should all be asking is how we feel about how Indigenous women are treated in this. And then there's a three-minute monologue on missing, murdered Indigenous women, residential schools, uh, Saskatchewan in particular's terrible reputation. And she goes on and on and on and on. But but Dawn Walker is really, really apologetic. You see, she's truly sorry for her actions. She reads a statement in court. I apologize to my friends and family for the pain I've caused them. Her child is the greatest love of her life. She's committed. She had a sacred duty to protect the child's innocence. And she shouldn't have done what she did by hauling the child to the U.S. and faking all of this. And she's committed to never finding herself in front of a judge again. Okay, good. But I just, oh boy, I just, I look at this and every single piece of this, um, and this is what happens. You come up against Marie Hannon and boy, she could, but she's just got such a force. I know a big Marie Hannon fan, by the way, she's such a force of nature. She plowed over the crown. She plowed over the court. There was a five week trial where they had a 75-page brief filed that Dawn Walker was a victim of institutional racism, uh, the FBI, the federal investigators, the Canadian investigators. It was all a great... I would love to have seen that trial. And if you're going to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that'll never get back on phony searches, a little court time might have been good to have watched that train wreck of a trial play out. And a judge at the end convict Don Walker on fleeing the jurisdiction, abducting a child, using a forged passport, using other forged identity documents. That would have happened, beyond a reasonable doubt. But no, Don Walker gets this, and then has her lawyer out there in front saying, that it's not anything to do with what you think of this. It's all about... Poor Dawn Walker is a victim. The mind boggles. 877-332-8255. Yep, that'll deter the next person. That's sure going to denounce that sort of behavior. You don't like what the family court's doing because they're really concerned about your behavior, uh, your veracity in certain affidavit evidence you've given where the judge ain't buying it anymore. All of this phony talk about, you know, being assaulted by your ex and just horrible stuff. You don't like it? You don't agree with the judge? Just take off. Well, that sure denounces and deters that kind of behavior in future. I'm Gormley. This is 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. This is a significant sentence. Ms. Walker will now be serving a jail sentence in the community. And this sentence really sends a message that <laughs> the courts will not stand by and have people who are displeased or unhappy with how family law proceedings are going abscond with their children and take the law into their own hands. Okay, so you're sent. she's serving a jail sentence, not in a jail. She's serving a jail sentence... In the community. Oh, I'm glad the courts are imposing those jail sentences. Oh, my goodness. Um, the judge in the case, though, and judges do this in sentencing, aggravating, mitigating factors. 
uh, aggravating some significant factors. Uh, an organized plan, which Walker conceived and carried out over months, immense trauma caused by her acts. She took advantage of some indigenous women by purloining their ID and having them help her. Uh, so she had a position of trust over them. Why are you not surprised? She manipulated more vulnerable indigenous women. And those are some of the aggravating things. I could go on on aggravating factors, but... They don't allow me to be a judge. At the same time, on mitigating, she entered a guilty plea, has shown remorse, and doesn't have a criminal record. Yeah, she entered a guilty plea just before the trial was to begin. She maintained her innocence, pled not guilty, filed a 75-page trial brief alleging everybody was picking on her. She was the victim of institutionalized racism, yada, yada, yada. Oh, she entered a guilty plea. Yeah, okay. Oh, she's shown remorse. Yeah, I just was was moved by the amount of blame-shifting, entitlement, and on. But she did say, she apologizes, uh, she did say as well, that's her sacred duty and responsibility to protect her child's innocence. I'm not proud of the way I carried out that duty. Really? And you also gave a king-sized double set of middle fingers, Don Walker, to the entire family court system. But she's got a sentence, a, a jail sentence. This is a significant sentence. Ms. Walker will now be serving a jail sentence in the community. And this sentence really sends a... <laughs> That's a new one. A, a jail sentence in the community. Uh, those of you planning on doing bad, you know, if you're in the middle of planning something bad right now, I, first of all, I hope you don't. But if you're in the middle, like you, because Don Walker had months, so maybe you're planning something really bad. It, don't do it. But if you do and you get caught, you usually will. Ask for a jail sentence in the community. I would love to see the look on judges' faces when they spring that one on you. Okay, week's hottest shows. I really should get to it. But I get so fired up on some of these stories. Uh, the other big story this week, and this is so tragic, uh, Estevan police are finally concluding what I told you about here yesterday and the day before. Uh, it was, uh, in fact, I don't think the police have said this, but everybody else has. Uh, it was a mother and a son who died in Estevan the other morning. Uh, the mother, and I apologize, I'm mispronouncing the last name, G-U-I-L-L-A-S. I'll say Gillis. Carrie Ann Gillis, 46 years old, stabbed to death. Uh, she was rushed to hospital, uh, died there shortly after being stabbed about 6 in the morning. And this was on Wednesday. Police come and they take into custody her son, Justice. And Justice is brought to the police station. Now, the Estevan police still aren't saying Justice shot anyone. Uh, there was, quote, an altercation where he wounded a police officer. CERT, the serious incident response team, they've already confirmed the officer was shot. So unless Justice Gillis, after murdering his mother, was brought to the police station and had a gun on him, which he did not, you are searched, frisked completely extensively, so he didn't have any gun on him. He's held in a cell. Then when an officer's processing him, he shoots the officer. So I think you can connect the dots. Uh, he somehow got his hands on a gun in the police station. Uh, officers then return fire, and he's killed. 
Now, he survived for a while. He died on the operating table, I'm told by insiders, but terrible. So Carrie Ann Gillis is stabbed. Her son, Justice, who stabbed her and killed her, then wounds a police officer, and he's shot and killed. The officer in this case, uh, thank goodness, is in stable condition, but Estevan isn't uh, confirming any other updates, but we pray for the safety of that officer. And it's one of these things that in police work, it can happen in the blink of an eye at the most unlikely time. So uh, that was what played out in Estevan this week. And uh, it was really, really a sad incident indeed. Okay. Anything on your mind today, you might have been following the Scott Moe ultimatum. This week, the Premier saying if Saskatchewan homeowners in winter don't get a break from the carbon tax, 85% of us use natural gas, most of the people in the Atlantic use heating oil, they get a complete break, but we don't. Saskatchewan will not charge the carbon tax. When you buy gas from Sask Energy, normal Sask Energy remit it. We talked to the Premier about this. Pierre Polyev, the Conservative leader, weighed in. Tom Korski at Blacklock's Reporter gave us a sense on the Hill. Brian Zinchuk, Pipeline Online, gave us the carbon tax breakdown. And Law Prof Gerard Kennedy said Saskatchewan's breaking the law and could have serious penalties and action taken by the feds. Five different guests on that big story this week. Do you have some thoughts on that? I'm Gorham Lee. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Welcome, greetings, and thanks for checking in. So five guests this week, at least all five days of conversation, Premier Moe's ultimatum to the feds, exempt the carbon tax on natural gas that most people use here to heat their homes, like you did with heating oil in the Atlantic, or Saskatchewan no longer collects or remits the carbon tax on natural gas. My heart is heavy for those of you who heat with propane. Uh, that will not be a part of this conversation. But there appears the liberals are just doing a shucking and jiving and dancing thing on this heating oil. Originally, it was an Atlantic Canada uh, pilot project. Now, because of course, and then yesterday, John Wilkinson, and Wilkinson's brilliant, you know, Rhodes Scholar, all else. He worked in Roy Romano's office. Uh, he was the head of the young NDP in Saskatchewan back in the 90s. Moves out to Vancouver, becomes a green businessman, then a Liberal MP. He's been a cabinet minister in the Trudeau government. So Wilkinson is sharp, no doubt, even when he is completely incorrect, disingenuous, and distorting the situation. So yesterday, he does this monologue that this isn't a carve-out at all. What this is, is because home heating oil is anywhere from 30% to 85%, and those are the numbers I read you here last week, less efficient than natural gas. It creates way more nitrous oxide, way more methane, CO2. 
the government is actually deciding now it's going to target home heating oil to get rid of. And what they're doing, because the Atlantic is the area where most of it's used, this is why everybody's getting free heat pumps. And if your income's a certain level, you'll get at least 15,000. By the way, that's a high level. Low level, they're going to give you heat pumps. And what they're going to do is eliminate home heating oil in Canada by carving out no payment of tax on this because the Atlantic Liberal Caucus was losing their minds and soon to lose their seats. Good try, John. Very good try. But here's the story. Because the liberals are now making this about home heating oil, not the Atlantic. If you are on home heating oil here, and some people are in Saskatchewan, I think it's about 4% of our heating here. So you should get a hold of Natural Resources Canada, ask some questions, do some sleuthing, and maybe they will relieve uh, or at least rebate back all your carbon tax. And the carbon tax on home heating oil is Huge. So good luck. I wish you well on that. Okay, so lots of talk on that. We started the week, the death of Matthew Perry, the friends guy who had the Canadian connection. His mom was the press secretary to Pierre Elliott Trudeau, so he spent a lot of time in Ottawa as a kid. His dad was a Hollywood is a Hollywood actor. Uh, Matthew Perry on Friends was just delightful. Who didn't love Chandler Bing? Dies at 54 last weekend. Heavy hearts for all of us. Teachers and their sanctions vote. Teachers have empowered their union by a 95% margin of teachers to take whatever action the union executive wants, from telling the teachers they can't supervise, to coaching, to extracurricular, to a full-scale strike. So we don't know when that'll happen, but Samantha Beacott filled us in on that. Tim Caulfield was here, expert on misinformation, law and medicine prof. Had a great chat with Tim. Bill Wazer and Jennifer Hansen dropped by their new book, Cheated, The Laurier Liberals and the Theft of First Nations Reserve Land. This is astonishing that in 15 years of the Laurier Liberals... Thousands and thousands of acres of land that had been granted to First Peoples, the indigenous tribes under treaty, the indigenous nations under treaty, were surrendered. And it turns out there were bureaucrats, prominent liberals in the Indian Affairs Office, other places, were putting in bids and actually getting the land and flipping it to speculators. It's terrible. Wade Barassa, the pilot of the air support unit, Saskatoon Police, is also on the Police Service Foundation Board. He was here for Best of Saskatchewan. Halloween happened in the week. We had some great stories from you. Also, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour on October the 13th went to the big screen. This thing has revived movie theater attendance. But we talked about even Taylor herself saying she wants fans to dress up trade friendship bracelets, take selfies, and sing along and dance in the theater. But the theater companies are saying, okay, within reason. So we did have some good laughs and some interesting experience from you on where theater etiquette begins and where kind of pretending you're at a concert takes over. Also this week, BHP announces they are funding $6.5 billion in Stage 2, of the Janssen Potash Mine, which will make this one of the largest mines on planet Earth. They've already committed $12 billion. Phase 1 
is about a third done, so there'll be an additional $6.5 billion for Phase 2. This is, becomes now one of the largest capital projects, I would argue. In fact, I think it is the largest in the history of Saskatchewan. Also this week, the Estevan shooting, which the police have finally confirmed, was the result of a murder. A young man murdered his mother. A 46-year-old woman stabbed to death. They brought him to the police station. There, he shot a police officer, now in stable condition. He himself was shot. Officers returned fire. He died on the operating table. So, two people dead. The murder first, and then the attack on the police officer. Also, uh, this comes from Jason and Estevan. This man, Justice Gillis, is the same individual involved in that accident on Highway 47 last winter when he was trying to steal vehicles that were pulling over to help. He should have been in jail serving that sentence. Why was he out? I think you know why he was out, Jason. This is the criminal justice system. Also this week, Richard Weldon was here. He's the guy who made the mistake of contracting with the city of Saskatoon. Green Prairie Environmental. Remember, he had some challenges on getting approved for his center where they would be doing composting. Remember the green bins? So Saskatoon, knowing they didn't have this finalized, are sending out the green bins. And then the same city says his company has defaulted. He didn't get a notice of default. He actually had signed a deal with the mayor where he'd use some of the land in the landfill. Richard Weldon told the story of what it's like when you experience the city of Saskatoon and that issue. Also, in fact, on the same note, this is hilarious. One of our gang here says, noticing a pattern, this is uh, Lisa, roll out the green bins before any of the work is finalized. Sell the public library, prepare a one-square-block area of land before the tenders are in, and the tenders are all so much over the budget, the library can't be built on those dollars. How many times can Saskatoon City Council, with no rationale, no notice, make plans before the details are done? This is costly, and it's unacceptable. Oh, and P.S., Count on buses that will break down this winter. Many of them, and it will happen frequently. So I get from one of our spies, and this is somebody who follows the tenders, because a lot of uh, people in business go on Sask tenders all the time. Are you ready for this? This just in. Saskatoon is looking for proposals to hire people to teach you how to ride a bike. And it's true. Now, it's a little more than that. You'd think that Charlie Bike Lanes Clark has been enough of an ambassador for all things bicycles. And even he doesn't ride as much as Ward 2's Hillary Goff. She is a year-round bike rider. So you've got these absolute bicycle fanatics on Saskatoon City Council. So on Sask tenders, the city of Saskatoon is seeking proposals to develop and deliver the BYXE street team who will provide in-person, on-site cycling education. 
and they will foster community support for cycling. Now, enough community support for cycling through Charlie Bike Lanes Clark. So the city of Saskatoon is putting out a tender for teams of people to ride around and teach you how to ride bikes and love them. This could not be made up. It is that bad. What's the mantra in Saskatoon? 80% voter turnout, and you get to replace this absolutely incompetent, incapable 11-member city council. Anything less than 80%, the power of incumbency gets them reelected. 80% and aware that you will not vote for any name you recognize, in other words, the reverse power of incumbency, you will completely replace this mayor and council. But that's your decision, and yours alone. Okay, week's hottest chose. Hey, smartest radio listener, technology less than 40 years old, and the first time it was used, it had the opposite effect? DNA for solving crimes, 1986-87. And the first time they used it, they exonerated a guy who everybody was convinced was a serial killer. Also, I got my shots, plural, this week, both COVID and the flu shot, Dr. Rotimi Kalawali and Nurse Melanie Hind dropped in. It's great to see them. And we met Jeff Wilkinson, the cardiologist who has now converted his practice to a private practice. He's got all sorts of issues, the province underfunding cardiology tests and other things. Uh, he's not sure it'll sustain. He said that's the question. But so far, he's got people prepared to pay. Here's an example. 350 bucks. You get tests done. You get uh, intake, and people are paying it. In fact, Joan says, I'm a patient of Jeff Wilkinson. I heard through a friend in September he would be going completely private. I've had several cardiologists since I was 22. I have never been treated as well as I have at the South Saskatchewan Cardiac Clinic. The in-house tests, not just ECG, echocardiograms as well. His services are prompt, his staff are top shelf. I would sell possessions to be able to stay under his care. The surgeon I had saved my life in Moose Jaw, but he's sadly gone to the U.S. now. Lucky them. Our system cannot continue. Something has to give. We're bleeding talent. Most of them are loved and they're valued. Dr. Wilkinson, thank you for staying. Thank you for fighting for us. And I am so thankful for what you're doing. That's Joan. So those were a few stories this week, a few guests. Gosh, we've had a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, Jack Decker was here yesterday, too. The group is Northern Light Alliance. End the sexualization of children at school and the obsession with trans issues. Jack is a member of the LGBT community in Calgary, and he says he's got people signing up all over the country. NorthernLightAlliance.ca So... That's this week. Now let's get you on the phones. Here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.
I'm drawing warmly. Lots to talk about today. And callers, by the way, thank you for your patience. Okay, so Dawn Walker is taking center stage here. The woman who changes her plea pleads out to child abduction, faking, uh, forging a passport, uh, sneaking away into the U.S. Uh, she gets one year jail to be served in the community. That's called a... <laughs> conditional sentence. Uh, Jack and Lumsden. Jack, thanks. Uh, what's your take on Don Walker and how this ultimately plays out for the right or the wrong decision? Well, John, you know, uh, I want to congratulate you on the Wilkinson interview. That was really good information about how serious the health care system uh, dysfunction is in the province. But I just, I was sitting listening and thinking, and I've been following this for a while and trying to put some sane and sober thought into it. And you're a student of the law. You've, you, you, you've been in the courts numerous times. Will the public ever know the background story on why this woman grabbed her child, forged all the documents, and took off and tried to hide in the States? What was going on for that motivation and fear? She quit a huge job, left her, her indigenous communities, her homeland, blah, 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 and took off. And I don't know if the public will ever know why. Okay. And she, I don't. she says she was being abused. Her abusive ex had caused her all this harm. Others have said, and it was in the record, she kept losing in family court, right? The judges in family court had real questions about uh, her ability to have sole custody. So she wasn't granted sole custody. So, Jack, we only know what's on the record. She either was so victimized she had no choice or she kept not getting her way in family court and decided to bolt. Yeah, I guess that's my point, John. Will we ever know what the judge in the courts and the and the def, the prosecution had to make a decision on? I'm not saying you know she should be let off with custody and be scot free on penalties, but will the public ever know the real story? She didn't sit down with a cup of cup of coffee one day and said, "Geez, I think I'll go for a holiday in Oregon." Yeah, no, but she had tried to get uh, permission to move at various times for other jobs she was doing. So, yeah, but and that wasn't in the agreed statement of facts. Carolyn Lumsden on Dawn Walker, how do you see it? Well, I'm tired of the news coverage of some of these incidents. There's two I'm talking about. It's Dawn Walker when Marie Hannon got up there at the end and said, this is about what Indigenous women have to go through in this province. I thought, no, it isn't. She's a privileged uh, woman who committed a crime. Go back to Toronto, Marie Hannon. Like, come on. This isn't what this was about at all. Okay, the next case is on the news last night in Winnipeg, where a man was held down by two cops. His whole family got up in front of the news cameras and said it was police brutality. He was a good man. He was trying, He was finishing his schooling and blah, blah, blah. Here it turns out he had jumped on someone's car and tried to break into her car. Yep, but I think you know, as careful news consumers, <laughs> there's often what you're hearing in the media because people are spinning the media and what you're hearing when you go a little deeper and think it through. Hey, Doug, Bob, everybody else, stay with us. The week's ultimate open session continues. I'm Gormley on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.